All right. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the show. Today, we're going to be talking about base training for CrossFit. So I see a lot of CrossFitters doing a lot of things other than base training, things other than aerobic endurance and maximal strength. They end up doing a ton of lactic AMRAPs and just being really fatigued, having really high energy expenditure, trying to get anaerobic adaptations all the time, and not really spending enough time on expanding their base so that they can have a higher ceiling in the long term. So whenever we talk about base training, we know that we're going to make sacrifices in short-term preparedness. So the training is going to be a little bit less sport and competition specific in order to allow for a higher peak over a career or over a season. So uh, if you find yourself or you know somebody who's stayed at the same competitive level for years now, they might be trying to expand their abilities beyond what their base will allow. So base training for CrossFit in my opinion, is maximal strength training and aerobic endurance training. Uh, so why those two things? Well, aerobic endurance because of energy expenditure. So when it comes to producing aerobic adaptations, you have a couple of options. You can go fast or you can go slow. So fast is what most people opt for and is really common inside of CrossFit. There are a lot of reasons that individuals choose that. Uh, in a previous episode on intervals, endurance, and fatigue, I debunked some of those uh, like muscle fiber type specific adaptations, uh, which doesn't appear to be as pronounced as we once thought as an example. But high intensity intervals produce aerobic adaptations as well as anaerobic adaptations. So you, you get better at both when you do high intensity intervals. So why not do those instead? Well, the answer to that is energy expenditure. So when I tell CrossFitters to stop doing as many intervals and metcons as they're doing and do more long, slow endurance work, their energy expenditure is going down. And when their energy ex expenditure goes down, they have more blood glucose available, more muscle glycogen. Those, those are the two main fuel substrates that you use in CrossFit and in a lot of strength training. And so when you have more of those resources available, you can make more appreciable gains in your strength and power. So shifting from that to maximal strength. So why would maximal strength be important? Maximal strength is the foundation for muscle endurance. So there was a study that took individuals and they had them do a one rep max bench press, and then they had them do a muscle endurance test all the way down to 40% of their one RM. So they, they had to repeat uh, a, a bench press at a certain percentage of their one RM for as many reps as they could do. And all the way down from 100% of their 1RM down to 40% of their 1RM, maximal strength predicted performance in the muscle endurance test. Okay, so what does that mean? It means that any contraction that between 40% and 100% of your 1RM, your maximal strength is highly predictive of your ability to repeat those contractions. So if somebody has, say somebody has a weighted pull-up of 200 pounds, and they weigh 150 pounds, then one body weight pull-up is 75% of their one rep max. So because strength is shown to be highly predictive of their muscle endurance between 40 and 100%, instead of tra training to improve their muscle endurance and doing a ton of pull-ups, that athlete should train to increase their maximal strength in the pull-up, reducing the percentage of a body weight pull-up, make it closer to 40%, 
in order to make those contractions more repeatable. So that is one of the things that I really commonly see. I see individuals trying to make really high percentage contractions sustainable all the time or repeatable all the time. And if you were to just put some time into your maximal strength and actually lower the percentage of that contraction relative to your 1RM in that same pattern, then you would actually be able to endure the contraction a lot better. Okay, so that's why maximal strength. Okay, reason number two is strength and aerobic endurance take a really long time to develop. So if we look at the peak biological ages by sport, bodybuilding is 36, powerlifting is 35, Ironman triathlon is 33. So those are much later than weightlifting, 100 meter sprinters, and middle distance runners, which are 26, 25, and 24, respectively. So relative to other attributes, it takes a long time to develop your strength and your aerobic endurance potential as an individual. Now, we also have evidence that the residual training effect is longer for strength and aerobic endurance than other physiological attributes. So all that means is that Basically, it takes longer to get and it takes longer to lose. So when we think about structuring a competitive season or a competitive career for a CrossFit athlete, it makes sense to prioritize early the things that take the longest to develop and that are going to stick the longest, both in the context of the competitive season and the competitive career. So once the athlete has attained requisite levels of strength and aerobic endurance, for the tier of competition that they want to compete in. And I'll go over what the game standards are here in a second. Only then should they shift to more sports specific training. Again, whether that's the context of the competitive season or the context of the competitive career. So what are those requisite levels? Well, to start with muscle mass, females, games athletes are 130 to 160 pounds and 14 to 16% body fat. Males are 190 to 220 pounds and 8 to 10% body fat. So those are the muscle mass standards for the highest level of CrossFit competition. For strength, close grip bench press for females is 200. Males is 300. Weighted pull up is 200 for females, 300 for males. Back squat, 295 for females, 450 for males. Snatch, 185 for females, 285 for males. Clean and jerk, 225 for females, 335 for males. So if those are significantly out of reach, then you're going to want to spend plenty of time, probably multiple years, depending on how far off those numbers are for you, developing your maximal strength and maybe some lean body mass along with that if you need to get in those ranges of lean body mass in order to compete at the highest level of the sport. Now, endurance is a little bit different. Endurance, I want to see an athlete capable of cycling for 60 minutes at a steady state and pace. So most athletes, they if they try to do their zone two work, they will settle in at 140 beats per minute at a certain pace. And about 20 minutes, 30 minutes, 40 minutes in, they won't be able to sustain that physiological homeostasis beneath their lactate threshold. They'll start accumulating lactate and they'll need to slow down. That to me is an indicator that we need to expand the aerobic base a little bit as soon as the time in the competitive season and the competitive career allows for that. Okay, so those are the requisite levels that I recommend you get to before you shift to sport-specific training if you want to compete at the highest levels of the sport. 
So what would that look like in the context of a career? In the context of a career, it would look like probably about four years of base training before transitioning to sport-specific training. We have a decent amount of clinical evidence. This is coming from both my experience and other coaches that four years of training is enough to realize 80% of your gains. It depends a little bit on the discipline, but even those disciplines like bodybuilding with really long career horizons and really long adaptation timeline timelines and really long residual training effects, four years is enough to get you 80% of your adaptations, at which point you are considered advanced and you are past the point of diminishing returns when it comes to your training effort and, and the return on your training effort in terms of your gains. So that's just a reference point and uh, most CrossFitters who are competing at an advanced level have that four years of base training, even if it came kind of blended with a lot of CrossFit style training. Now inside this season, this is a little bit different. So one of the most common mistakes I see with competitors and why I'm able to help my clients climb the leaderboard year after year and other athletes are either getting churned out and not competing anymore, or they're getting passed is because they're not spending enough of the year in base training. And by base training, it, it doesn't mean you're only doing zone two biking and you're only doing strength work. There's of course more nuance to it than that, but it just means your preparedness to compete is down and you're focusing on developing longer term attributes, things like your maximal strength and your aerobic endurance. So that uh, you're also not beating your body up as much with dynamic eccentric movements. So things that commonly appear in CrossFit and tend to cause a lot of connective tissue wear and tear. You're not doing as much of that stuff. You're using more concentric based modalities. You're using more interval modalities to practice your paces, things like that, to where you're not just beating yourself up all the time with hard lactic eight and 12 minute AMRAPs. Okay. So what does that season look like? Well, base training is going to be at minimum about 245 days. So that's two thirds of the year, 67% of the year you're spending in base training. Now you want to compete two to four times a year. Again, if you are interested in competing in CrossFit, I recommend competing at least once a year, even if you are on a multiple year time horizon for how you want to develop as an athlete over your career. I still recommend those athletes compete at least once a year. I think that's the minimum. Uh, most of my clients compete two to four times per year. They intensify for two to four weeks per competition, per competition. So that comes out to 30 to 60 days. And then there's a 14 day to 21 day pre-competition period following that intensification. And then a three to 10 day taper prior to the competition. So that comes out to about 30 days per competition. And then a three to 10 day deload after the competition. So that comes out to... 14 to 28 days. So that is your time allocation. If you look at the calendar year and how much time I recommend most individuals spend in base training. Now, again, guys, these, these are general guidelines. There's of course, a lot more nuance and a lot more individualization that you can apply to this. But the number one mistake that I see is spending way too much time competing and peaking and not enough time in base training. Okay. So to review strength and aerobic endurance are base training for CrossFit. Why aerobic endurance? Because it's probably going to lower your energy expenditure if you exchange some of your intervals and metcons for some long, slow distance endurance work. 
lowering that energy expenditure is going to leave more blood glucose, more muscle glycogen for your other training priorities. Why maximal strength? Because down to 40% of 1RM, maximal strength appears to be, has demonstrated to be very predictive of performance in muscle, muscle endurance tests. So if you can raise your 1RM and reduce the percentage of the loads required by the sport, then you're going to perform better in muscle endurance tests. Whereas on the flip side, if you just tried to work on your muscle endurance all the time, your maximal strength might go up a little bit, but you're really just working on making that percentage of your 1RM as sustainable as possible. And if that's a really high percentage of your 1RM, then it just makes more sense to spend more of the year doing maximal strength and lower that percentage so that you can make the contractions more repeatable. Final reason is that strength and aerobic endurance take a long time to develop as evidenced by the peak biological ages for the sport and as evidenced by the residual training effects of those attributes, which are longer than any other attribute. Okay, guys, that is it for today. If you're listening, please rate the podcast because that helps more people find it. And I will see you guys in the next one.